listening to The Bannerman, an L.A. Kings podcast. The longest preseason ever is almost over. It's fall. I thought it would be chillier, but I'm currently sitting in my garage, and it's like 80 degrees. <laughs> Hockey season is back, baby. This is Carl. How are you tonight, Vardy? I'm excellent, man. It's It's been a long time yet again. Every time we try not to do this, something happens, and all of a sudden we're... We're looking again at the calendar and going, man, it's been six weeks since we recorded or whatever it's been. But Has it really? Maybe not six. I don't know. I have to look back. It's probably been like four, but um, it's it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, our last episode, let me see, August 31st. You know what? It's been about six weeks. <laughs> Is that what it was August 31st with Jesse? Uh, it was. It was. Man. So maybe Maybe like five and a half weeks or so saw a comment on reddit about our about our podcast and someone's like great show really enjoy it i hate them for releasing episodes every three thousand days of course he was exaggerating right thank you listener (laughs) you know you know what i equate this to it used to be back in the day that if you really liked the band and you really liked an album like six months later a new album would be out and then at some point it got stretched out where your bands would go like like i like tool and Tool is notorious for not releasing albums, you know, once every decade or something like that. And so, so that's, that's the level that we're operating on now. I sure. Think. Let's, we're Tool. That's a little too close to comfort for me. So, uh, yeah. But sure. Yeah. Maybe we're Tools. Uh, yeah. yeah. All, All right. right. Hockey. Yes. Hockey yes. is happening. Hockey. Lots of hockey. Hockey has happened. Hockey has happened on this continent. Hockey has happened in other continents. Hockey has happened by a full team that is not going to be our NHL team. And now hockey is happening with pretty much our NHL roster, save for maybe two question marks still. Maybe. I, I preface that with a huge maybe. Yeah, we'll get into the roster, I'm sure, because that's what, you know, six weeks of time off. We're going to have mm-hmm. a lot to talk about. But uh, preseason, general impressions, let's get into that first. Yeah. Uh, the Australia games, game one was basically, from everything we gather, the roster you're probably going to be seeing on opening night. I don't know. I, I don't know if this is going to be a deep analysis into the game. Everyone looked rusty. That was, mm-hmm. I, I think I tweeted that expert analysis after the first period. <laughs> Everyone looks like they haven't played hockey in a long time. So, yes. Hard to really gauge anything off of that. Uh, but it, for the spectacle of it and everything, I thought it was great. I think they, they did a really great job. Um, I heard the ice had issues, but I think it held up pretty well for uh, as we got closer to game time. What were your thoughts? I mean, in general, I think my main takeaway was Jordan Spence cannot get off that continent fast enough because <laughs> everywhere he went, every microphone in front of his face, it was like clockwork, the same three questions to start and his same three answers. They're like, how does it feel? He's like, it feels great, but I'm just trying to make this team like every yeah. single time his answers didn't change. So I'm sure he was relieved to get that over with, even though I'm sure it was special for him. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I from everything I had read, I, I think he was only there until he was maybe a year old and then his family moved yeah, to Japan. Yeah. So maybe more so significant in the sense that his parents got to go back there with him and see people who they hadn't seen in a while. So, I mean, you know how that is sometimes like it's, it's exciting seeing your parents get excited for something if you're the direct cause of it. So 
Uh, I'm sure it was special for him, like you said, but for, for slightly different reasons. Um, I, I'll tell you, my biggest impression of those games was I think the Coyotes are actually going to be really fun to watch <laughs> this season. Yeah. I mean, all their young, young guys are, yeah, they're, they're starting to round into form. And that's not, that's not even talking about guys like Logan Cooley coming in and already setting up a career highlight kind of goal in the preseason, giving everyone a taste of what's to come. Um, I think, I, you know, they were, they were kind of a doormat team for a lot of the league. Um, I don't know if they were ever necessarily a doormat team for the Kings though, because they would always find a way to lose to the Coyotes, just befuddlingly lose to the Coyotes. And so watching those two games, I was like, man, do we, do we really need the Coyotes to be any tougher for the Kings to put away this season than, than they've historically been for us, unfortunately? I agree, man. Good young team. Obviously, you mentioned Logan Cooley. He's going to make that team, I'm assuming. I would be stunned yeah. if he didn't. Uh, Matthias Michelli looked really good, too. A couple yeah. of good players there. And, um, yeah, I don't – I mean, we'll get into where we expect them to kind of finish. But, yeah, you know, the Pacific Division is not going to be fun this season yeah. from all indications. And it's going to be – it's going to be a dogfight, man. But um, as the – you know, preseason goes on, I think, specifically the last game against Anaheim, you you start to see the Kings kind of shake that rust off, build some chemistry with each other, and start playing some palatable hockey. Mm-hmm. I think the big question is, and, and we got to, I think, start out with it, is Pierre-Luc Dubois, right? All eyes kind of on him in the mm-hmm. preseason, uh, coming off that big trade. Your initial impressions of PL, not PLD. Don't make that mistake, bro. P.L. Dubois. Um, I, I, I'm quoting his own words here and maybe a little bit of the the words from McClellan that still adjusting, perhaps, still trying to figure out how to play with Kevin Fiala. Um, that being said, I'm glad that they're sticking with that line. I'm glad that they're not just, you know, doing two, three games and maybe that'll change in the regular season, but I'm glad that they're trying to get that line going. Um, I'm still waiting for Artie Kaliev to kind of snatch that golden ring of an opportunity that I think he has on that line. Um, but if I'm being honest, if I'm being honest, that line so far, uh, goes as Kevin Fiala goes. Um, and, and maybe that's okay. Maybe that there's nothing wrong with that because he is such a strong play driving kind of player and a creative player. Um, But you can't help but hope that your big money, eight and a half million dollar center eventually turns into an equal play driver, an equal kind of threat on that line rather than just, He's a big guy. We got to keep an eye on him. And I think we saw a little bit of that at points in the last game. Like I actually saw Dubois um, carry the puck in a little bit, circle around the zone, really just kind of do just do some fearless stuff, so to speak. You know, I, I don't need him to, to drag the puck between his skates and do some of the flashier things that Fiala does. Um, I think he plays a very different kind of game, a, a more controlled game. And uh, 
but you can play a controlled game that also is very skilled. You know, you're, you're shielding the puck well, you're moving around, you're, you're basically directing the flow of traffic and where you want your line mates to go. And I think if they can both kind of learn that chemistry and learn that, that little dance between the two of them, and especially if Artie Kaliev can actually figure out where to be as those two are doing their things, I think that can end up being a really, really strong line. Yeah, the coaches and really everyone around the team has mentioned multiple times that it's difficult to play with Kevin Fiala. And when you watch him, you can understand why, because he is so shifty. He is so creative. He is so unpredictable when he has the puck. So it's kind of hard to read what he's going to do. And that's going to take time for anyone to kind of understand Kevin Fiala's game. But you know, something as simple as Fiala's goal against Anaheim, the wraparound. Obviously, you watch that replay and you're like, okay, inside the blue line, as soon as he gets the puck, it's kind of a one-man operation, right? He goes wide, mm-hmm. he drives, he wraps it around. But if you kind of rewind back, uh, Dubois actually makes a pretty neat little play on the boards and curls into the middle of the ice and starts essentially attacking it. And that's kind of the simple things I think you're going to see from him in general, he's not he's not a flashy player. Like he's gonna just lug the puck through the middle of the ice, look to his wings, see who's open, and make a play. And that's really I don't I don't know if the Kings need him to do more than that when you're playing with a guy like Kevin Fiala. He I don't even think it was a great pass. He just kind of threw it in Fiala's general direction, and and Fiala was able to corral it. That's the kind of player you're playing with. So I did like that. I did like the power move on the boards and then going to the middle of the ice, that's a guy with presence. It's a small thing, but it's an important thing when you're playing with a guy like Fiala and hopefully, like you said, Kaliev. So it's hard. Again, it's not even fair. Hard, never mind it being hard. It's not even fair to judge him on these games. But I do agree with you that I think it can be a tough line to handle because Dubois and Fiala below the dots are tough to handle, man. Like, Fiala, not for his size, but he's a good, pretty decent puck protector and and he's very elusive. And mm-hmm. PL's like the other way where it's like, he's not elusive, but good luck. You know, he's he's a big body. Yeah. He's strong. He knows how to protect the puck. So I'll take the wait and see approach, but I don't, I didn't see any, anything to make me worry. Yeah. Yeah. I think even if you're kind of looking back at Kevin Fiala's season last season, right and and the various line mates he ended up playing with i think he was counted on to be the play driver and the and the you know the person who created all the opportunities on almost all those lines um and that's partly why it didn't probably didn't work out with kopitar kopitar traditionally has had issues with like who should the wingers be that play with him because he plays again a very similar controlled you know cycle cycle safe play but set up the opportunities and even even just getting eventually having Kempi be the winger that works out with him that took adjusting that took you know figuring out how how the two of them are going to play well together um and i think really the only person i can think of that played cohesively so far with Fiala last season is no longer on the team and that was Gabe Velarde i mean that the few times that we saw them together and I think that's more so because they play such a similar game on on uh, deception and and kind of just 
dancing a little bit around there, right? So I think it's going to take a little bit of time, but I think there's there's certainly potential there. Um, and it, I think in this last game in particular, and like you said, I don't think it's fair even to necessarily judge off, off the Australia games. Like, you know, Dubois himself said that. He's like, you know, you're getting there. The focus, yes, you're trying to play the games, but at the same time, it's not lost on you that you're on a totally different continent. You're you're kind of on a PR mission, so to speak. Your your time zones are thrown off, and then and then they're asking you to play hockey, you know. And then you come back home and you practice for the first time, really, for a week, and then you go out and you play hockey again. Because most of the preseason games that we've had here uh, have been more or less the rain roster, right? right. I mean, yeah, they took they've a held big up- break. The big roster yeah. took kind of a break. Yeah. But the rain roster has looked tremendous too. I mean, that's been that's been really nice to see how they've been holding up against some like legit NHL talent, quite frankly. You could say that the NHL talent maybe wasn't bringing their A game, but I thought the rain guys um, were doing an awesome job. I think, you know, guys like Laferriere um, and uh, Pinelli in particular – have gotten rave reviews all the way through. Um, Brent Clark certainly had his fair share of of tremendous play. Um, so it's exciting. It's exciting to see a couple of these guys actually show some flashes of what their ability may be going forward. Yeah, the narrative that it's the Vegas game, right? The narrative that oh, maybe Vegas wasn't bringing it sure. against the, the baby rain. But I'll, I'll tell you this: as soon as Hayden Hodson lit up. Mark Stone, I assure you, the Golden Knights were dialed into that game. That's yeah. that's a bit of a wake up. Like, hey, we're playing a hockey game here, and the three on three for that game was so entertaining, mm-hmm. and it was entertaining not because it was like two teams going back and forth. Vegas could have ended that game like four times because yeah. the rain were making so many mistakes. Just <laughs> Aaron passes, just you could. And and by the way, Vegas kept rolling their big boys in overtime. It wasn't like you know they were giving some kids a shot in overtime. No, they yeah. Chandler Stevenson, Mark Stone, they were out there in overtime. And uh, I I really enjoyed watching that overtime because the the rain with all their I'm calling I'm going to keep calling them the rain with all the mistakes they made. <laughs> They played fearless. They did not, you know, they weren't playing safe. They weren't like, oh, my God, this is scary. Let's just get to the shootout. You know, they were trying these uh, these kind of risky plays. They were trying to stretch the ice, and it, and it almost caught them a few times. But what happens in the end, they're resilient, and they get the goal. Tyler Madden scores. I, I don't think I've ever been that into a preseason overtime or, yeah. any, you know, anything in the preseason period. But to know it was like a David versus Goliath kind of thing, and they pulled it off. Yeah, and they hundred percent dodged bullets. We're not. I'm not going to sit here and pretend they, you know, dominated the three on three against the Stanley Cup champions. No, they just <laughs> dodged bullets. They survived, and, and they got one in the end. Uh, yeah. It was cool to see, and I'm sure it was a big uh, bonding moment for those guys because they're probably mm-hmm. going to end up playing together a lot of them this season. So good stuff. Very happy for the baby kings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on on the kind of the close to NHL roster at this point and how they looked? I mean, granted, it was against Ducks and uh, the Ducks had their fair share of minor leaguers still on the roster at that point. But any any other observations aside from the second ish line? 
I think the main thing that jumped out to me, and this is maybe a power play specific thing, Mm -hmm. but PP2 desperately needs a right-handed shot on that because I believe it's Dubois, Deno, Kaliev, I want to say Byfield. Mm-hmm. So all four of those forwards are left shots. And then on, on top you had, I think, Spence mm-hmm. running it. Um, and you could you could see that 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 play they do where they go from the half wall down low to the goal line. Yeah. On the left side of the ice. Yes. Really needs a right-handed shot. And it and it keeps going down there. Sometimes it, I think it's it's either Deneau or, or or Dubois down there. And and when you receive the puck from the left side of the boards down there, you kind of have to do this pivot, right? Like you have yeah, to turn yeah, your yeah, body yeah. to it's that half second. Front. It's it's so it's a half second, but it's so much time. You look at that play Arvidsson made to Camp Bay. Yes. Cross ice. Only a right-handed shot can make that play. Yeah. That fast. Boom, boom. It's across the camp bay. No, you know, ducks can't re- recover. Gibson can't recover. It's in the net. Right. That that half a second is so important. And I, I just keep thinking like Man, it would be nice if, if let's say, Dubois was right-handed. It's just a lot of left-handed shots. And I know a lot of people aren't giving this a lot of weight, a lot of credence that, oh, it's a bunch of lefties. But I think at some point, you're going to really feel the difference, especially on PP2, if this is the way they're going to set up. Yeah. No, I, I think it's absolutely relevant. You know, like the, the major conversation last year was about having a righty and a lefty on the defensive pairing, right? So I, I I don't see how that's not as relevant when you've got wingers that you're working with. You know, puck retrieval. If you're if you're the left wing, you know, coming down that left wing board, puck retrieval and, and keeping the puck into the zone is much easier if you're left-handed playing on your strong side wing. Similarly, if you're a right winger, um, there's advantages and disadvantages, right? Like if you're looking to shoot, you're coming down, you're right-handed coming down the left wing, your blade gets a better angle towards the center of the ice. But for the type of game that I think the Kings like to play and a lot of the setup along the boards of the half walls, I think there's a lot of advantages to having both right and left-handed players. And from the power play standpoint, like you mentioned, it eliminates the possibility of of strong one-touch passes. And and one-timers, quite frankly, right? Because you, if you're looking to one-time it from that sweet spot that, for example, the Kempe likes to take as one-timer, that's the only place he can take it from, is below that right side face-off dot, looking for that pass to come down to him. Would be kind of nice if you had that same option on the opposite side, but you can only do that with a single one of the 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 pairs right now because Arvidsson is the only one who's a right-handed shot there. Yeah, And so, your bumper guy is going to be left-handed at this point. Right. Your right. shooter, so you're going to set up the left side of the ice to get that shot to your left-handed shooter, right? And a right-handed shot near the goal line is what you're, you know, that's exactly. what you want. That's yes. what you want. Yeah. Uh, but we don't have that right now. Uh, that's not to say we <laughs> won't. Um, you know, you mentioned Alex Laferriere. Yep. I suspect at some point he's going to get a look in the NHL because he's yep. playing so well, and he's a right-handed shot, and I would welcome that addition. Uh, who will who he'll come in for is is going to be, I'm sure. Hopefully not Victor Arvidsson. <laughs> hopefully not Victor Arvidsson. Um, hopefully not Kaliev because to yeah. remove Kaliev from the power play right in favor of anybody really it's is losing a weapon there. So 
we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But I anticipate that I don't know if they'll throw Leferrier immediately on the power play, but just for that reason, I would give him a shot right there. So Yep. Yeah, it's fair. It's fair. Uh, you asked me about the roster. You know, it seems like everything's more or less set. The bottom pairing of on the D is obviously a point of competition, I suppose, at or a perceived competition. But I don't know. I think Clark's going to start in the AHL at this point. I think mm-hmm. everything that happened in camp with his injury didn't go to Australia. Um all signs point to Jordan Spence, and I have no issue with that. I'm not going to, you know, we love Brian Clark. We made that very clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not going to sit here and cry uh, that Jordan Spence is finally going to get his shot in the NHL because he deserves it. And he's uh, he can work a power play. He's going to be sheltered on that bottom pairing. The left side is, is more interesting, though, because it's going to be harsh to say it's like pick your place. <laughs> yeah. You know, Anglin and Bjornfoot, I'm not overly thrilled with either of them, if I'm being completely honest with you. Sure. Anglin brings something that Bjornfoot doesn't at this point. He went well out of his way to rail, I think it was Max Jones last game. <laughs> uh, it was beautiful hit. It was clean as a whistle. So does that hit make him automatically like, yep, there it is. Someone did something yeah. to earn that spot because... I'll tell you, Logan Cooley made him look pretty silly on that goal. Yeah. But yeah, he, in his defense, he made a lot of people look silly. I think he yes, made he did. Spence and England both look pretty bad on that one. Yeah. So. Um, but I, I, if I had to guess today, I would guess England and Spence are the bottom pairing. And I think that's fair. And this is kind of where you get into a little bit of the um, the waiver versus non-waiver eligibility yes, of it too, all. Of course. And the uh, and the roster size restrictions on the Kings, uh, you know, the NHL roster is allowed. You're allowed to carry 23, but that's provided everyone is cap compliant. And the Kings, very famously now, uh, are are going to have to carry a roster uh, of 21, I believe, is the maximum, depending on how you look at things that they can carry to remain cap compliant. Which means that you're you're basically going to have um, you're going to have to send down some guys that are going to be eligible for waivers that maybe you're not going to be super psyched about losing for nothing. Um, we've already had that happen once this offseason, having lost to Sammy, having lost Sammy Fagimo to uh, Nashville. Um, and obviously the, the caveat to this and what the Kings are gambling on is that any team that claims these players has to keep them on the NHL roster for 30 days. So Fagimo now is is on the Nashville Predators NHL roster for the next 30 days. So he's going to start the season as a roster player for, for Nashville. Um, and so when you look at it that way and you're thinking about who else may still be sent down potentially, um, that's that's that in and of itself creates a situation where sending Brent Clark down is much easier because you're not going to lose him to waivers. Um, England is has to be exposed to waivers. How likely is it that he's going to get picked up? Probably not very likely. He's on a two-year deal. He's not exactly a, a hot commodity kind of defenseman. But I think I think that there is some risk with with Tobias Bjornfoot being sent down. I think you know he's still a first-round pick defenseman with NHL games under his belt. Um, I could see plenty of teams saying to themselves like. Yeah, well, why not? Let's let's take advantage of this player that hasn't totally 
um, completed his development yet, but the Kings have spent three years, two and a half years, whatever it is, doing some of the developing for us. Why not? You know? Um, and so, I think do you, the other- So do you think Bjornfoot's going to get the last spot because of that? I, I don't think so. I don't think so. If I'm if I'm being honest, I think they're going to keep England because they want a little bit of the size and nasty available to them. I think they've hinted that in the past that the team itself doesn't have snarl, so to speak, or or whatever you want to call it. And for lack of a better term, he does bring that a little bit, and he's more experienced on the NHL level than Bjornfoot is. But then that begs the question of like. Okay, so so what does happen with Bjornfoot at this point? Because then, you know, he's he's clear of waivers for 30 days. Does he ever come back up every time he gets sent back down? Like how many times during this year is he going to have to be exposed to waivers before someone someone potentially picks him up or, or long term? What is the plan there? Um, so I think that's that's something to consider. And similarly, things to consider on that level would include, you know, s- sending David Riddick down. I mean, he he needs to be exposed to waivers. Plenty of teams lose goaltenders, you know, this early Tampa on. Tampa Bay season. just There's, lost one, a yeah, pretty so important one. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So you're and telling they need them a goalie. Like, yep, because their backup Bad. is terrible. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, I believe it was. Uh, sorry, Rasmussen. No, it's uh, Jonas Johansson who was Jonas once Johansson. who was once called. The worst goaltender in the NHL. I forgot by you, but it, it wasn't by like me. It was like yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was like a legitimate weight. Yes. Yeah. Um. So there you go. So there's there's a team right there that might be looking for someone with NHL experience that they can plug in there for the six weeks or whatever it is that Andre Vasilevsky is out. Um. So I think that's a point of concern certainly. And then on the forward side of things, um, if I'm looking at my numbers here correctly. Um, you're basically looking at, if you're trying to keep, uh, you got Kopitar, Dubois, Fiala, Deneau, Kempe, Arvidsson, Moore, Lazat, Grunstrom, uh, Byfield, Kaliev, uh, Trevor Lewis, and uh, Anderson Dolan would be 13. You'd have 60, and then you'd have two goaltenders. So really, it I think the question really comes down to David Riddick and Tobias Bjornfoot. Are you going to be able to get those two guys down to Ontario safely between now and when the season starts. Right. So it's like, are you, yeah. Are you going to carry an extra forward or an extra D? Yeah. And, you know, and, and, you know, that brings up an excellent point. Um, it, I, I forget again, I'm, it might've been Zach Dooley. I forget now, but someone had mentioned that in the past, the team has been inclined to carry an extra defenseman because it's much easier to have a defenseman move up and play forward than it is mm. to potentially have a forward drop back and play defense if you, say, 30 days from now, have someone go down and they're hurt, right? So, it, it's just um, – so, I don't know. Does that does that force Anderson Dolan down to, to Ontario to make room for seven defensemen and then you keep Toby Bjornfoot up? Right. I don't know. Right. So I think that's that's the the last remaining bit of arithmetic that needs to be settled down. But yeah, you're right. Tampa, for example, losing Vasilevsky, I think that probably made the Kings management just a little bit nervous about what this means now about having to save 
having having to send Dave Reddick down to to Ontario and exposing him to waivers. Having to save big save D. Yep. So we'll see. It's 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 a lot of speculation at this point. Um, but we don't have to wait too long. That's the that's the best part. Yep. Right around the corner. What is it, like seven days now? Something like that? Is it the eleventh that it starts? Six days. Yeah, I think so. Nice. Nice. Any other thoughts? Preseason thoughts, etc. Um, how do you like that Mercury Insurance patch, brother? I know you you love those things. It just looks so bad. I mean, I, I <laughs> look. I've seen I've seen plenty of iterations of those jersey front patches that haven't really been, you know, acid in my eyeballs. But this one, and I think it has to do with the fact that the Kings have that that silver shoulder yoke line kind of coming through that really just sandwiches the Mercury Insurance logo between the top of the the shield. I mean, it's just, God, that's grotesque. It's, it's, it's like a Halloween special in terms of how frightening that looked. Honestly, I don't care. Like, yeah, it doesn't look good. <laughs> All right. Thanks for setting me up. Appreciate it. Thank you. No, it just, it doesn't look good. I'm not even going to pretend like, oh, look, it, Add something. No, it sucks. But it is what it is. Make that money, boys. I don't care. So I forget now. Is that is that going to be an ongoing regular season thing? Because weren't they? I vaguely remember them not wanting to do the patches. Maybe it was just a preseason. Am I correct? Me if I'm wrong. For talking that, about the entire NHL. No, no. For for the Kings and. Oh, in I'm not sure. I'm not yeah. sure. I know. I know. Like last season, was it last season? I, I forget, but. Some teams didn't have a sponsor till like the second yes. half of the season. And yes. So I don't know if these deals are, you know, years or months or I don't know. I really yeah. don't. So it will be foolish for me to speculate. Um, I do know that the Kings are going to be on Bally. So that's cool. We were wondering. <laughs> that's right. Yes. We we're wondering if that's going to happen. So that mystery was solved. I mean, as it got closer and you get to, down to the wire, I think I felt pretty comfortable that Bally's was going to be. Mm-hmm. The choice because it seems like you know, there was no plan B. That's really what it came down to. No. Um, although the the Golden Knights package or whatever it is, I thought mm-hmm. that was a pretty neat little idea um, to have a streaming service for what seventy dollars mm-hmm. or am I? No, nope. eighty dollars. Like, that was the number. That was the yeah, number seventy. Right. So seventy for I think seventy games. Yes. So I think it came out to like a dollar. Yeah, I pay that all day. I'll pay. It twice if you really make me don't make me but i would right plus plus all the preseason games were televised plus um a lot of like behind the scenes stuff and all the Mm -hmm. stuff that the team produces like all of it readily available on a platform basically like it wasn't just a it's a it's a true platform with an app and and everything that's dedicated to the team and i could totally foresee the king's maybe just needing another year to work on a platform similar to that. I think $70 a year is a very reasonable price to ask. That's cheaper than it is to go to a single game. But if it means that I get to watch every game that I want to cleanly, nicely streamed, you know, and I get all sorts of additional content from the team, you know, that like, yeah, that's, that's a big selling point too, man. Don't like, that little episode I had where I signed up for Oilers Plus just so I mm-hmm, could hear the mm-hmm. mic'd up of the Kings Oilers series. Yes. And and then I got a refund because 
I don't care <laughs> about the, but like the fact that that made me sign up for that free trial, you know, that stuff's interesting to me. And the behind the glass stuff that the Kings are, I think they aired both episodes. I've only seen the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's somewhere on YouTube. If you guys are interested, hopefully they don't take it down by the time you're listening to this, but right. like I made a point to, to make sure, like I looked for it and I was like, I hope this is a, online at some point. And that night it was online. So I, I made time to watch it the next day. All this to say that that stuff is really captivating for me. And I'd be very happy to pay whatever just yeah. to have more access to the team because the behind the scenes stuff, we've always said the NHL can do more. The 24 sevens back when the winter classics Absolutely. Was, was always some of the best stuff stadium series. Um, so if you could pull the curtain back even more with these players, I think there's no downside to it, man. Just you're growing the game. You're making these guys more recognizable. You're showing their personalities, making them more likable because you're not yeah. put in the, the stuff that makes them unlikable. You could cut that out. Um, it's just all positive for me. So, um, not just the Kings, I think we're a handful of years away from this becoming like every team in every league doing this. And that's totally fine by me, you know, like, especially the off season stuff, right? Like you can do, man, you could fill so much. I mean, come on, there's Instagram channels and God knows what other random things that are filled with absolute garbage that have millions of subscribers. You're telling me that if the Kings dedicated actual time, money, and resources to, you know, doing this solid base of like off-season content, like a day with this player, a background of like the NHL draft, like a day at the draft. I mean, you and I still talk about that St. Louis Blues special from a decade plus ago where they were showing how they're evaluating all the players during the draft and how they ended up. I mean, it was such good stuff, such great content. It just requires the team having a little bit of vision and um, the boldness to do something like that. And I think it's time, man. It's it's beyond time. And the wild thing is it's been done. It has. So it's not like... But the NHL is such like a, a slow molasses pace and they've got this like weird secret society stupidness to them that like they're always a step behind aren't they i think they just released their nft they really did they really (laughs) did oh my god i think i I think they literally came out the day that like business week wrote that nfts now are complete garbage and the (laughs) nhl's like new finally out we're minting boys (laughs) sweet god bless them yeah, so stuff like that. And so and the thing and the thing is sorry to cut you off like there's no, 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 so no. many content creators. Oh, tons. That you could that you could hook up with just to fill that space, man. Yeah. Just to fill YouTube alone is like amazing. Like the well, the stuff these people are doing. They're making like high quality documentary level shit that you know, you could just outsource to them. You got a good podcast right here, baby. You want us <laughs> to turn the video on? You want to see these? Please don't make me. Please seventy dollars. <laughs> but seriously, I mean, think about like I look. You probably get inundated with these like Instagram reels and stuff all the time from hockey content creators, and it's just random dudes who happen to know someone who knows someone, and all of a sudden they're at like the stadium series in Boston, and they're hanging out with NHL players and doing all sorts of like random stuff, and it's hilarious. It's fun, and people are watching them, and people are like you know, giving, giving their money to them. 
ad dollars, whatever it might be, it just it makes too much sense for for the team to actually capture that and grow it and put a little little more thought and energy into it. And I'm hoping that it's just a matter of like them taking this year, figuring that out. I mean, come on, guys. We, we, you know, we're based in Los Angeles. There's, I think there's someone here who can who could do a media production or two to to kind of help you launch this thing. Bro, you throw a rock, you're going to hit a videographer in the back. Seriously. Seriously. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway. We didn't mention at the top of the show, but this is our season preview. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which means we're going to go through the NHL and we're going to give our predictions for each division standings-wise. And then we're going to go right into the conference finals, playoffs, Stanley Cup, all that good stuff. Um, We've been okay we've been okay with our predictions you know so i i, I tried listening back to our last season's oh, episode oh, good. no i couldn't i couldn't get through the whole thing on my drive back and from from work but uh i understand you don't want to skip any of it either no That's no no thing. i just it's i need so to take good. it all in yeah um but we had some gems in there we had some <laughs> we had some we had some good ones in there Remind i think me. you i think you and i both were like i don't know man boston's kind of a bubble team i don't know if they're gonna <laughs> <laughs> we're like maybe maybe if things break right they'll squeeze into the wild card spot wow whoops did we release man it was it was pretty to be solid. fair i'm sure it wasn't just us i i don't think anyone predicted that they were going to have what they ended up having but uh i think we, we we did say the kings would finish third again yes we were we were dead right. on about that and i didn't again i didn't quite get to the end of it but i think at least one of us if I remember correctly, had Vegas making it to the cup finals. So, um, but we were both high on Carolina last year. Yeah. That, um, that did... I'm high as a kite on Carolina this yeah. year. Just spoilers. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Florida having know. a little magical run does nothing to spoil the uh, reality of what, what is out there. Oh, no, um, I will. <laughs> All right, we'll get into that. So, um, the Boston one was, in, was one of them. And then, uh, and then you had the Islanders finishing ahead of the Devils. Season. Man. You, uh, why'd you have to bring that up? Uh, it's just it was silly. <laughs> God. It's gonna be real different this time around, I'll tell you. <laughs> I'm gonna get it this time. <laughs> I'm gonna get it right. We're finally gonna get it right. All right. So um, usually how we do this, we start from the east. Yes. And uh we we go top down. So last year we went bottom up. Did we? Yes. Okay. Do you, did you like that? Would you like to? I I'm I'm good with it either way. I think uh, yeah. Why don't we do Why don't we do top down this time around just to mix it up? Okay, so we're gonna start with the Atlantic Division. As is repeat, tradition, the Atlantic Division. That's right. Is how we're starting. Yes. I'm gonna shock the world here. Toronto first. That's the same as last year. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. This is the one. Hope springs eternal. <laughs> you look at, you know, I I don't know if this is so much about them as it is about everyone else in this division. Mm-hmm. Um, let me bring up their roster here. Tyler Bertuzzi, everyone knows, everyone knows at this point that I'm a fan. <laughs> um, and I think he... He is a good addition to this team, obviously. Um, they've moved Willie Nylander to center. Mm-hmm. 
Sure. But what I really like is is him with Max Domi and Nick Robertson. I think that's a great third line. Mm-hmm. I I like Ryan Reeves, man. I know he's <laughs> I know he's controversial, but I like the guy. Um I think it, bottom line is it's gonna come down to can they gel? Because even at the deadline, they they seem like a whole new team, right? Mm-hmm. They they made so many changes, a lot of guys in and out. Same thing in the offseason. Can Samsonov hold it down? I think he can. Um, yeah, I like them to be first. I think they're going to be fine. I think Matthews is going to have a big season. Yeah, a little bit of a bounce. Not that he had a bad season last year, but bounce back to what it was the year before potentially. Yeah, contract uh, I'm, I'm, year. He's clear. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm good with that. I think uh, I agree with kind of your assessment overall is that there's just been so much upheaval in this division. Some of it good, some of it bad. Um I know Florida obviously made that magical cup run, but just fundamentally, I just don't don't know if they're uh, a good enough team to win this division, potentially. I think Toronto uh, has the most consistent roster who's still hungry. I think Tampa has a very good roster, but the age is starting to show a little bit. And now having Vasilevsky out to start the season may just be enough to kind of knock them down a little bit where Toronto can kind of, you know, eke away and uh, and win this one. So I'm, I'm okay with Toronto on top. Um, it sounds like you have Florida. I, yes, go on. <laughs> you have Florida in two spot? Uh, I do have Florida in the two spot. Okay, okay. Well, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> I do. I think, I just, I think they have a, a solid roster, right? Like you look at some of their... First off, Brandon Montour having the kind of crazy season he had last year and showing that like he's a legitimate number one D man. Mm-hmm, your mm-hmm. your forwards, Matthew Kachuk, always going to be a threat to break a hundred points. I think yeah, kind of going forward. Sasha Barkov had a solid season, but missed missed you know fourteen or so games in there. So that's you know no, notable. Uh, Carter Verhehe, you got Sam Reinhardt playing solid you know, second line center stuff. You have Sam Bennett in there. It's, I think this roster is solid in a lot of ways and is hungry to kind of capitalize on what they've done last year. Uh, What it hinges on, maybe a little bit of goaltending, just to see if what um, Bobrovsky brought in the playoffs last year was just a hot run or can he kind of pull it together and do that for a full season? I think, that's, I think they're going to miss the playoffs. Oh, wow. All right, then. So just throwing that out there. All right, that's um, fine. I have Tampa Bay in second. I know they're getting okay. older. I know they're, <laughs> I know Vassy's out for a while. Um, and maybe, I don't know if I considered Vassy being out, but I'm not going to, you know, backpedal now. I just think yeah. the roster's just loaded, man. I, like, what's... Other than Vasilevsky, like what has changed? Yes, they're older. I don't disagree with that. Um, but to me, they still look like a really good team. Uh, top three lines look good. Top six is, you know, yeah, Connor Sheary isn't that exciting. They lost uh, – who'd they lose to Anaheim? What's his face? Killorn? Yeah. But he was, you know, he was like playing gritty third line minutes and stuff. I don't necessarily think that he was – They've got a couple yeah. of young guys coming up that, that can take that spot, no problem. I just think Braden, when you, you're talking about Braden Point, Kucherov, Stomkos, Sorelli, you still you still have 
enough there, I think, to be a really good team. And um, I think they're going to be motivated this year. I think Stomkos is pissed. He's going to get a contract. Mm-hmm. And he's going to have a good season. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm sticking to my to my Tampa here. And then I'm actually not going to kill the Bruins off here. I think they make the playoffs. I think they're in third. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to double down on it, we'll follow up your point. I think I had Tampa at third. Okay. Again, I don't think they're a bad team. I, all the things that you mentioned are still very much there. And this division in particular has a lot of like high-end teams that make it very difficult to figure out what order they're going to they're gonna land in there. So for all the reasons that we've talked about for Tampa now for four years, five years going, I think Tampa is, is, is third place in here. What's your fourth? Um, I have the Bruins okay. fourth here. Um, look, they, they still have tons of talent on this roster. There's no question yes. that they do. Uh, they're well coached. Um, but to lose Bergeron and Krejci in the same offseason, I, I don't see how a team doesn't take a step back from that kind of of loss, quite frankly. And that's yeah, that's can't... it's as simple as that. <laughs> yeah. Um I've yeah. You're making me rethink some stuff here, because you're, you're. But I'm gonna stick to it. I have Boston three. I have Ottawa making the playoffs here. I could see that. I really can. Team. Yeah, I can really see that. Because I think for the first time in a long time, I would not be thrilled about playing the Ottawa Senators. Corpusalo, I'll start with him because he's obviously a Kings player. We've seen what he can do. Uh, the Ottawa defense, not the Kings defense. Clarifying that right away. Not the same, but I think Corpusalo is good enough to really cover up some mistakes. And I don't think they've had that before. I think they've when's the last time Ottawa had a good goaltender? Not entirely sure. Um like a like a full season guy you can count on for multiple years. Sure. Craig Patrick Laleem. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I right? was like, being but, slightly facetious there, but yeah, I think Craig Anderson but, probably. But, but you're not that far off, probably. I know, I know. Like I know. Hashik's in there, you know, a little bit. But my point is, I think this is the year they break through. Yeah. Um, I think they're a playoff team. I think they're a wild card team. You can't dislike what you're seeing right here when you look at this roster, man. Uh, Kachuk, Stutzla, Giroux, Tarasenko, Norris, Batherson. Pinto Kubalik. They got big Zach McEwen. Mm-hmm. Their defense looks good. Shabbat, Chikrin, Sanderson. That's a good three defensemen right there. And like I said, Corpusalo, I think, is good enough to to make a difference for them. So I got them in. Like I said, I have Florida out. So I got Florida in fifth. And so you have Ottawa out, right? Uh so Yes. Uh, yeah, I suppose I do. And, and again, I, it's not that I don't think they have a good roster. I I think it's a lot of talent there and I could definitely see them going beyond Boston, for example, mm-hmm. if, if things break the right way and, and squeezing into the wild card spot. Um, because I think there's enough talent certainly there in all the necessary positions 
Um, and I think for Boston to kind of have the run that they had last year through the regular season, lose those key pieces, it's it's hard to expect them to to necessarily go. So I, I could see that. I could see that either way, but I'm just going to stick with my original prediction and say so far uh, I'm going to go Toronto, Florida, Tampa Bay, uh, Boston, Ottawa. Yeah. Bottom three, probably the same. I got yeah Buffalo, Detroit, Montreal. Yep, in that order. In that and order. I think Buffalo is Ottawa last season. Yes. And I think the next season, I expect them to really take steps. Uh, Devin Levi looks like, good Lord. Did you see some of his preseason highlights? I did. I did. What? He's very um, mobile. (laughs) He's mobile, but he's like, he's mobile, but in control. Yes. Which is just something to witness. I think he's... They got something special there with them. It pains me to to drop Detroit solo because they have something there. Mm-hmm. But I just I don't know. Their goaltending is suspect. Their defense isn't great. They have two lines that look pretty good, but outside of that, you got like Daniel Sprong on your third line with JT I, Comfort. I just think, you know, I think the teams ahead of them in this division are just that's too much way. more that's composed. There's just there's too many more, you know, well-made teams ahead of them. That's just yeah. what it comes down to. Yeah, and Montreal. I mean, what they're, are you gonna say? Yeah, they they're have working on it. They're working like it's not a bad roster, right? I, I mean, I'm not crazy, but it's like your goaltending is. It's not a know. good roster either. <laughs> it's... No, but it's not terrible. Like you got some. You know, Caulfield, Suzuki, Kirby Doc, Slavkovsky. I know Sean Monahan's like on life support here, but I think you're just again, you're trying to figure out which one of these guys is gonna take that next step, right? Like you know you got something solid in Caulfield. You know, Nick Suzuki is a is a solid center, but I think he's probably better suited As to a be two. a two C. Yeah, I agree with that. And and they don't really have a true one C. They really don't. So I think until you figure that out and you have some true first line players here, you have a bunch of guys who are who would make a really good second or third line for a lot of teams. That's that's what I would say. All right, to the Metro we go. All right. I think we all know who first place is here, right? I mean, this isn't a this no. is not gonna be much of a debate. Even though I will say New Jersey I can he- I can hear a case for New Jersey mm-hmm. because that is a good looking squad. But I got Carolina in one, and I got New Jersey in two. Yep, I think that's that's the appropriate order, but very close, very very close. Yeah, it is closer than I initially verbalized. I think um, Carolina is just a machine. I think they're going to be tremendous. Their defense is outstanding, mm-hmm. probably the best in the NHL. One to six. Their forward group is terrific. <laughs> I mean, they're going to have Sveshnikov back, hopefully healthy the full season. Um, their goaltending remains kind of the same, but I don't think their goaltending was any issue last season at all. So, no. They outplayed Florida. They just ran into Bobrovsky. They couldn't score. 
Yeah. And I think a guy like Sveshnikov makes a huge difference in that switch situation. I like Michael Bunting on there. I know he's kind of a head case, but I think he f- just he, this is the type of team where you just, anyone fits here. I think you just put yeah. it anyone. You're like, yeah, yeah, this works. Yeah, and I think I think that's that's a that's a you know it's a tribute to the job that uh, Brindamore is doing with that with that squad. I think he knows the kinds of players he wants. I think he's able to get the best out of these guys and really make them feel cohesive and part of mm. part of you know a group and and play well. I mean. That's the, it's as simple as that. And last year we talked about how if you got to learn to lose before you learn to win, that Carolina was getting a PhD in losing at this point. I I can't imagine how it feels to have that kind of loss against Florida. Yeah. After after a highly successful regular season, doing well in the postseason, and just coming across a an immovable object at the worst time. Yeah. That's precisely I, what happened to them. Yeah. But yeah, I could. Can I see a universe where New Jersey finishes ahead of them? Absolutely, because New Jersey is a house on fire right now. I they're think they, they, they're just every single guy. They're they're hitting on these draft picks at the level that I, I kept hoping the Kings would. Right, like they have a couple game breaker guys that have come out and very clearly. Uh, obviously, Jack Hughes, the the leader of that pack there first overall pick, but Nico Heischer has turned into an incredibly solid mm-hmm. two-way center. And then... Um, Jesper Brad, dude. Jesper, exactly. That was going to be mine. I mean, so you've hit on three picks here that are just amazing say, players for you. I would say four because I think Dawson Mercer... Yes, also very good. Dude, <laughs> this is what I'm saying, all man. draft picks. He's a, he went 18th uh, overall, saying. so it's not that, even... Uh, mind you, Luke Hughes is coming in too, by the right, way. Right, right. Bottom I mean, pairing, shelter. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to have five guys homegrown and developed, and then you went out and you got Timo Meyer on top of it. You still have Palat on that roster. You went and you got Tyler Toffoli to be your second line winger, maybe, if there's room for him. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a stacked, stacked team with some young cost control talent, some more expensive talent. Dougie Hamilton is your number one D-man. I mean... It's a good team. It is. Alexander Holtz is going to be on their second line. He was their 2020 first rounder. So this is just it's yeah. It's not fair. <laughs> it's it's just good drafting, dude. Like it the, is good drafting. With respect, the opposite of the Kings at this point, if we're being completely fair. Right. Just hit after hit after hit. It's just I think Jack Hughes is gonna have some kind of a se- like a monstrous season this season what did he have last year i, I think know he, he was 90 ish points or something yeah like i that. think he's he's going he's going over a hundy for sure mm. yeah so can i can i see that somehow turn into a uh division title for them absolutely it would yeah. not shock me one bit but i do agree with you that it's it's between those two teams as far as i'm concerned who do you have in third uh i have the rangers as do i yep Again, I, I think they're a solid three-line team. Now, in comparison to New Jersey, whose top picks have ended up being exactly what they thought they, would be, they were going to be, New York obviously not having that level of success thus far with Capo Caco or Alexis Lafreniere. That being said, they 
kind of have settled into playing these guys as, as third line players and it seems to be working for them. I'm sure they would love it if they, you know, both turned into 60 point plus guys this season. Um, but yeah, that's, I think that's, that's the third team. Yeah. In comparison to the two ahead of them. They're, they're going to be fine. Shesterkin's going to be fine. Yep. Their defense is good for the most part. Um, I think they lost Patrick Kane, but whatever yeah. they got Blake Wheeler at this yeah. point, like uh, with respect to Patrick Kane, is there a huge drop off there? I don't know. Um, I think they got Nick Benino. That's a good fourth line center. Mm-hmm. So they'll be fine. And yeah. Yeah. And f- fourth, I got Pittsburgh because of course I do. Yeah. Old man hockey reigns supreme in Pittsburgh. I love it. It's going to score a lot of goals. Yep. Um, Riley Smith, I think, good addition. Lars Eller, good addition. Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson, not bad. <laughs> Ryan Graves, not bad. So they'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, their goaltending will continue to be, I don't know, <laughs> a mystery or, you know, Jesus take the wheel, whatever. Yep. They'll outscore their problems now that they got Carlson, so they'll be fine. I got them in fourth. Yeah. Yeah. So I think uh I think it's gonna be interesting to see if you end up getting uh uh five teams from the Atlantic and three from the Metro potentially. Yes, it is gonna be interesting. I think the way I just drew it up is four and four. Yeah. For each division. Yeah. Just for simplicity. So yeah, I got um Pittsburgh in four, I got the Islanders in five. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Yeah. It's really just a. The other teams are just is worse. It, is it Washington or Islanders, right? Yeah. Like, who's going to just miss? And yeah. I think Washington is just settling in. Yeah. To the downside of their glory days. Right. Settling just figuring out the, any the which OV way they chase. can. Yeah. Exactly. To get OV another 76 that. goals or whatever. Can um, they be fifth? Sure, but I'm not gonna whatever. I, it, it it does not matter. They're not making it the playoffs. No, no. They're not making the playoffs, and that's that's that basically. Um, and then similarly with the Islanders, I said this last year. Something needs to change with this team. They they have the pieces, and they're wasting the years on some of their best pieces, and turning them into nothing. And to look against the rest of this division, where the teams ahead of them are. F- far ahead and will likely be there for the next five, six years. Something fundamentally needs to change with the Islanders to turn into. Yeah. They're in a tough spot, man, because it's like they are who they are. Like Barzell, Wallstrom, all these guys, Noah Dobson, like it's not like they have more. I mean, they might have a little more, but you kind of, this is who they are at this point, right? They're, they're developed. And you're kind of, it feels like they're stuck. Like, they I stuck. agree with you. It's Anders Lee and Cal Clutterbuck is still, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they got Horvat, but it's just like, <sighs> Brock Nelson, like, he's old now. <laughs> just yeah. crazy. To, he's not old, obviously. What I mean is, like, he. it feels like he's been there for 30 years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I just, I guess I was higher on them last season. So, 
you that wanted the, to believe. I don't blame you. I don't blame yeah, you. Yeah, I, I just think I just thought there was enough there after they had a couple of good seasons. Mm-hmm. But it just they're on neutral, unfortunately. Yeah, and uh, the bottom two is Columbus and Philly. Yeah, I mean, my heart bleeds for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Mike Babcock came in unbelievably, stunningly, learned nothing. Uh, and on his first day or whatever it was his first week he rolled in there and made guys feel uncomfortable uncomfortable enough for them to reach out to their friends in hockey obviously in this case Paul Bissonnette and them on the Spit and Chicklets podcast enough for them to voice their discomfort Enough for the NHLPA to investigate it, and ultimately enough for the Columbus Blue Jackets to fire his ass before training camp even started. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, man. I don't know what else to say. Like, you're done, bro. That that's it. That was your shot. And I, I unbelievably you blew it. <laughs> it. It's stunning. Like, all you had to do. You want to get to know a guy? Obviously, for those who don't know the story, he one of his things he did was bring in players and ask them to idiosyncrasies. Like, yeah, like ask them to show photos off their phone of like you know Boone Jenner went out and said it was family and friends, and Johnny Gaudreau said it was like harmless stuff. But the fact of the matter is, it was enough to make players uncomfortable. And when you have a second chance like this, bro, take them to lunch. You know what I mean? Have a salad in your office. Mm-hmm. Grab a couple of donuts and be like, hey, let's shoot the shit. Tell mm-hmm. me about your, I don't know, girlfriend. Tell me what you did this summer. Yeah. Don't get their be phone. A, be a human. Don't be a weirdo. <laughs> and throw it on the airplay on your TV <laughs> and and be like, all right, boys, like bring it all in. We're going to look at these photos and dissect yeah. like. Come on. Yeah, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna bust out the, the laser pointer and the tele. Listen, the I'm telecaster. not even saying I'm not even saying what he did was like terrible or inappropriate. I'm not even saying that. I'm saying for him it was inappropriate and terrible. Yeah. Because guess what? If it came out this training camp that Todd McClellan asked Pierre Luc Dubois to see some family photos, Todd McClellan's not fired. You know why? Because he doesn't have a history of weird, sh- stupid shit that he's right. done with players. Right. He's he's earned the trust of these players. It's different when you're coming in with a type of background and baggage and horrible reputation and you decide that none of that matters. You decide that the way you do things is the way you're going to do things and that's just it. You don't like it. <laughs> you know what it screams to me, dude? It screams to me that this guy thinks he's the greatest goddamn coach who ever lived. And that this is like a mental, right? This is like layers above, you know what I mean? This is deeper than any other coach, bro. Like who, who does this? Like, I'm so deep. Like you're it's, an idiot. It's, it's, it harkens back to stuff like Andy Murray asking kids to write essays, you know, sliding it under their hotel tours and stuff. Yeah. Like that. that dumb shit too. <laughs> It worked because he had a very young team. Right. And that's not inappropriate. That's just... It's know, just weird. It's just it's weird just and weird. like, we're pros. Like, yeah. come on. 
I think that's what it comes down to. I play I think, my best hockey win. Like, yeah, come on, man. exactly. Exactly. Like it's, it's just, just be a human being, man. Just be someone who's not like some weirdo authoritarian mind fucking kind of guy. Just like, that's exactly. It's like, you, the players don't need to be wondering like what is he trying to exactly get that's, out of that's this? exactly what it and if, if i'm like a 24 year old player okay i'm gonna guess my pictures on my camera roll are not going to be the type of thing that i want my 60 right. some odd year old coach who has a reputation for being a hard ass and a weirdo to want to see it's as simple as that i'm not i'm not here to share my pictures with you man you want to get to know me let's let's you know get to know me get to know me as a player and a human being i I don't understand how this changes anything it's just a violation of my privacy yep that's that's it's a simple anyway so uh yeah jackets they're gonna they're gonna suck i don't have i have philly in last but i mean whatever they're gonna suck they had infantilia looks good bullshit now hanging over their head all season yeah and before they could even get their bearings on what was going to be an exciting season with a fresh start with, like you mentioned, Adam Fantilli coming in and, you know, another year of Gaudreau and Line A and, you know, you do things positive, positivity, and then they just took a piss on it real quick. And, so And the worst part is, the worst part is you can't even say, well, they got this young coach now. Well, not younger, but younger coach, newer coach, who's got a good reputation coming in. He came in before training camp. He's got plenty of opportunity to write the ship. It's not like it's mid-season, right? Then you go and you have the announcement from the owners, which I guess was pretty clear. But when you make that kind of an announcement that like more or less Yarmo and JD that's a yeah are 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 gone at the end of the season barring Absolutely. a miracle a great point you're just like come on man come that's on. hanging over you you know it's coming dude yeah how how do you as a head coach how do you as a roster approach this lame duck year essentially right like it's just a, it's just a recipe for disaster it really is all right anyway uh flyers suck the only thing I'm happy about for the Flyers is that Sean Couturier is finally going to play hockey. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how long it's been, but he looks like he's ready to go, and that's great. Cal Peterson on waivers. We might – I don't know. I don't want to say it, but we might be seeing the end here. <laughs> I just – I mean, just terrible. How are you not the backup on this team, man? That's – how do you not beat out? I don't even know who it is. Um. Well, Who's their backup? I'm- uh, uh, Sandstrom, Felix Sandstrom. If the, he couldn't beat out Felix Sandstrom, Sandstrom yeah. for that second position. I don't know what to say. I don't know yeah. what to say. It's again. I I wish I knew how much of this was. This is who always who Cal Peterson was, and he played well enough for a very brief period of time to make us think that there was something better there, versus the Kings somehow ruined Cal Peterson. I don't know the answer. I really don't know the answer. But the fact is, this is where we're at now. Anyway, um, let's so go west. It's actually, sorry to... It's not Sandstrom. It looks oh, like it's, it's not be, anymore? No, it's a, it's a... It's a youngster. Okay. Is it, uh, is it Samuel Erson, yeah. He yeah. looks like he's going to be the guy. So yeah. you couldn't beat him. I couldn't even pronounce his name, Cal. And maybe some of this is maybe some of it is cap related. I I really don't know. Maybe it is. What their their situation is. It could be. But 
I imagine their cap space. <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> Who's taking up cap space? Um, uh, I have no idea. Dead contracts. I really don't know. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Maybe that. Yeah. Proverov. No, we're taking some of that. Oh, so. that's right. We're eating that. With that money, we could have re-signed Gabe Pilardi uh, with. Anyway, uh, um, what? Hmm? I said nothing. On to yeah. the West. Central All Division. Right. Central Division. You can tell me your top two, maybe. Um, Dallas, Colorado, in some order. Yeah, I have Colorado first, Dallas second, whatever. I, I This this again goes back to my, <laughs> my very... Uh, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? My prescient thought two years ago of da- the Dallas Stars making the cup final. I think they're just such a good team, man. They, they're outstanding. They're just loaded in every position to the point where you don't even need Tyler Sagan. Or, or you know what I mean? Like, they, they've been so good since that year that they made it to the cup final in the in the bubble. Was it the bubble year? I forget now. No, it wasn't the bubble year. Anyway, they've been um, so good. Because the bubble was uh, was no, it was the bubble year. It was the bubble year. Okay, yeah. After so the they, bubble year, they did those weird things yes. where Montreal went to the anyway. Yeah, anyway, so they've been so good since the bubble year that guys like Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan, who they brought in and and they wanted to be their kind of cornerstone franchise players, have been completely passed by by younger guys that they drafted and developed. And then they went out and they got Joe Pavelski, who had a little career renaissance. Not that he was ever really bad, but clearly played much better than he was with San Jose. I mean, with with Jason Robertson right now leading the pack there, you got Ottinger in net. I mean, it is just stacked in every possible position you could hope for. Such a good team. They are. They got Matt Duchesne for fun. Yeah, he'll be on their third line with Sagan and Marchment. Yeah, it's great. That's you know I don't got, like Matt Duchesne, but I know you don't. But as a third line center, yeah, yeah, for like three million, I don't yeah. know what he's. Yeah, that's fine. Rupe Hintz, just Rupe Hintz is a beast. Good team. Top pairing looks like good. these are just yeah. good guys, man. All the way through, they have Dadanov. Their third line is going to be Marchment, Dadanov, and Duchesne. Come on. Um, <laughs> No, I did Sagan's is that, is that, they're, they're 3C, I think. You could you could do this any which way. Because Wyatt want. Johnston is now That's right. And Wyatt Johnston's is coming their up. second line center. So just, Sagan's just stacked. Slide down there, Tyler. Stacked. They're a stacked team. Colorado, yeah, maybe you know what? Maybe you're right on Dallas. Now Colorado's gonna be terrific, you know. Yeah, don't Again, get me wrong. another guy I, I don't like Ryan yeah. Johansson, but uh, if he plays, man, he's, he's it's just so such a brittle. new team. Yeah, I'm changing Dallas first. Dallas first, Colorado second, because Good. Colorado looks like a whole different team. Yeah, they Drew had Ann, to be. Johansson, Wood, Colton, Tatar, Olufsen. When I look at who Dallas has added through their own development and from offseason acquisitions, I get way more excited for what they bring to this team compared to who Colorado had to basically plug in for holes. Yeah, I agree. Changing. Dallas first, Colorado second. I got Minnesota in third. Uh, yes. Yeah. Again, a good team, not a great team. Not better than the two ahead of them. That's that's as, you, as simple as that. One more season of disappointment, and they're going to be in Islanders land pretty mm. soon here. See, the difference there, the difference there is that they're making the playoffs, right? They're just coming across 
some superior opponents. It's tough. I'm not saying it's not it's not disappointing there and that maybe some shifts need to be made, but it's clearer to me what direction Minnesota is going to go with, you know, Boldy is there and Kaprizov is still young in there. I don't necessarily think that there's like some next stratospheric step that, you know, Kaprizov is going to take, but I think there's room for them to grow there versus versus the Islanders were, you know, really don't have much in the cupboard. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. But uh, yeah, I, I think Minnesota uh, third place there is very reasonable. Um, fourth, go Jets, baby. I got the Jets in the playoffs, baby. You knew it was coming. And I, I think I, I think th- I think they do it this year, bud. I think they do it, and they make what the is, playoffs. What is doing it for them? Just making it? Just make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I I like this team, bro. I liked them last year. Uh, now they have Gabe Velarde, which means I'm bordering on loving them this year. <laughs> but I just think, look, this this might be my final opportunity to to gush about Gabe Velarde. I just think with with Connor and Shifley, I think we're staring down a 60, 65, maybe even 70 point season for Velarde. Yeah. I really do. He is he's good. And he's going to be really good with these guys. I think he's the type of player that if you want him, if you want him to pass, he's going to make disgusting passes. You want him to shoot and score, he can do that too. And I think with Connor being the trigger man for him, he's going to load up on assists. Furthermore, he's on uh, PP one. Yeah, which is going to be nice. He already set up Connor on a backdoor, little spinny backdoor tap in, no problem. In the preseason, made it look easy. I like this team. I like, and it's not just about Velarde. I like. I've always liked Nik- Nikolai Ehlers. Right. I think now they, when they were have- talented, well enough before they got Gabe Velarde, before they got Aya Follow, and all of these guys are going immediately into their roster. Like Aya Follow is going to be a solid third line winger. Third for line them. looks great, dude. Aya yeah. Follow, Lowry, Appleton, amazing. That's a good third line. Yeah, and. I, Kings fans don't take this the wrong way, but I think getting rid of Wheeler and Dubois is what they needed to do, right? In order to stabilize their team, right? Because whatever Wheeler's always been kind of a loaf. I don't know. I've never liked Blake Wheeler's game. You know, he leaves a lot to be desired. Desired and Pierre Luc Dubois, we know when he's on, he's tremendous. But he wasn't signing with them, and that, that was pretty clear from what February, right? Like right at the point when these things started going bad for this team. So I think, you know, fresh coat of paint, young, hungry players. Well, Perfetti, Velarde, I think specifically when I'm talking about that Kupari on the fourth. Right. I think I think this is going to be a fun year for them. So. And you got Hellybuck and Net. You have. Oh, yeah. You got you know you got Josh Hennessy having a Norris worthy season last season. I mean, you're again strength in every position. Yep. That's that's what it comes down to. Strength in every position, three lines deep. Good team. I I I again, if not for some of the other teams ahead of can I see them actually passing Minnesota? Yeah, I absolutely can. I can I can definitely see them being third in this division. Love it. Loving it. Finally you're on board. I they and that has nothing to do with them having Gabe now. I I want to be perfectly clear. I just think that they have finally figured it out. 
what their roster needs to be. And yeah, I think yeah. you're right. Getting rid of Wheeler and Dubois for this team was the right move. And maybe, maybe the Kings getting Dubois was the right move for them. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that plays out. Um, so we're equal there. And then who do you have in fifth? I've seen Lewis in fifth. Yeah. yeah. You know, interestingly enough, and maybe I got a little too high off of, off of the type of game I saw Arizona play. I think, I think St. Louis is fifth and only because they're a more veteran, experienced, talented, well-rounded team. Um, and then I had Arizona sixth in this okay. division. Yeah. Okay. I think they, I think they start making a little bit of a, a push here to be better than they've been. That, that's where I'm at with it. <laughs> so I was going back and forth for, uh, between Arizona and Nashville here. Okay. For sixth. And really I could see it going either way. I don't like Nashville at all. If I'm being Barry's, honest. Barry's going to, your buddy Barry's going to clean that place out. Yeah, but it's going to take time, right? Like, it's, yeah, of course, it's going to take seasons. Uh, their defense looks good, or at least pretty good. They have still they have one of the best goalies in the world. Their bottom six is very questionable. Hell, their second line is questionable. If I'm being totally honest, yeah. so I could see Arizona leapfrogging, but I'll 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 say Nashville slash Arizona. I'm not going to dwell on it too much. Yeah. And then Chicago last. Yeah. Yeah. But good things are coming for Chicago Blackhawks. It's going to be a fun season. Because Connor Bedard looks like looks like he's going to have a good time out there. Yeah. This season. Zero pressure. Just go out and be, be you, buddy. Here's Taylor Hall on your wing. Go nuts. Yeah. Which means don't pass it to him and just yeah. do everything yourself. <laughs> Use him as a decoy. Whatever it might be. Okay, Pacific Division. All it's right. It's go time. Here we go. Usually, I think the Pacific, we start from the bottom up. Okay, yes. So, I, I, so do, I do I do recall that. that. Let's let's make it real easy for last place. San Jose. The disgustingly lowly. Shooting for first bad, overall pick. <laughs> just a brutal hockey team top to bottom. <laughs> Good Lord, the San Jose Sharks. What is, uh, what is happening here? It's, what is it's, this? It's Mike Greer cleaning house. That's what it, it is. It's, it's him doing what he needs to do. And if Logan Couture were a smarter man in any way, he would allow would himself to be. I, I, I thought I had basically heard him what, saying that like he, yeah, like he didn't want to. He wanted to be part of the solution. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see how long stuff that like lasts, that. buddy, when you're you know, two and 15 out of the gate. We'll talk then. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk then. I don't even, but, but I, think, I think they're doing, I think they're doing what they're trying, what they want to be doing, what they need to be doing. I don't blame them for that one bit. Um, who are their goaltenders? That's an excellent question. Let me look. That I got up it up you. right here. It's uh okay. Capo Kakinen. Great. And Mackenzie Blackwood. So, they're going to see a lot of rubber this yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, next up. Uh-huh. Is not Anaheim. Anaheim? I was gonna... It's Anaheim. Okay. Although, listen, I think they're going to be better. Yeah. I think they're going to be a better team. I think they're, you know, slowly figuring it out. I think this is going to be their let's go out there and have fun year. Yeah. I think this is like 
let's break 70 points here, boys. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, let's... Let's be better than the Sharks. <laughs> yeah, and I think they are going to be. I think they are. A lot, of, lot of young talent coming up. Guys like Olin Zellweger. Um, maybe Trevor Zegers actually turns into some sort of a two-way center at some point. Probably not, but you know. Um, guys, I, I think they have plenty of talent coming up on the roster. Um, I think Leo... Is Leo, Leo Carlson, Carlson. going to start for sure? I don't know if he's going to start, but yeah. I'll tell you, he looked pretty damn good. He's massive. <laughs> I don't think I realized how how large he is. Yeah, he's a big boy, and, and yeah. but he's a smart, smart player. Uh, a real two-way kind of guy that you can build around. So Yeah, I was going to say, again, my sample size for watching him is pretty small, but I'm not seeing him do outlandish rookie things. Like he's no. trying to, Control. he's trying to play. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He has a veteran game already. So yeah. Okay, okay. now it gets interesting. It does. Because it does. this is hard. This is really hard, man. Can is Calgary really going to be as bad as they were last year? I don't think so. Yeah. I just don't think so. It's hard for them to be that bad. Like all sorts of stuff had to break terrible for them to be that bad. Huberto had a legendarily bad season. You know, like, it's just... It's a good team. Like, on paper, it's a good team. So, but then again, like, here... Okay, let, let me break this down. Um, it For me, the next three spots are just hard to break down because it's Calgary, Vancouver, Seattle, not in that order. Those are the three teams. Mm-hmm. And they all look like they can make the playoffs. Yeah. So, it's really difficult. I, like, I have a hard time knocking Seattle out of the fourth spot because they just why would I right like right. they look they look tremendous right Calgary looks good and Vancouver right. looks good so I don't I'm kind of stuck here if I'm being honest with you um I think I had I think I had Calgary in and Seattle out but again just maybe to write it down and get through it I just don't know yeah I I finally landed on the idea that I thought that um, I thought that Vancouver perhaps didn't have nearly as much potential to to get better than Calgary did to get better. And I might be wrong on that. I might be completely off. No, I think that's... So let me just say what I wrote. Okay. From the bottom up. Um, I did write actually Vancouver, Calgary, Seattle. Yeah. From the bottom up. That's yeah. what I wrote down. So And I, I think I think that's how it's gonna break because Seattle probably outperformed the expectations, but again, they're they're well coached at the moment. They're all buying in. I think it's much harder to come off of the type of season that Calgary and Vancouver had. Calgary lost their leading scorer, right? Like they Tafoli's gone. And now you're hoping that Huberto, that that was just an anomaly, that kind of season that he had, and that he's actually going to go back to being that kind of guy. He's going to play with Lindholm, and then it's all just going to like, Kadri's going to, you know, like you're hoping for a lot of guys to bounce back versus Seattle is looking at their guys to keep taking the steps forward. And Vancouver's guys are starting to basically achieve their peak, right? Quinn Hughes, Elias Peterson. How much? How much better do you really want these guys to be? So who's who's going to be the one to support them? Is it going to be is Marshenko just going to have another like 
amazing season. I, I just, I believe more so in the pieces on Seattle than I do on those other teams is what I would say. I agree. I agree. Um, I do love me some Matt Coronado. I'll tell you that much mm. for the flames out of Harvard. Alex LaFerrier's old line mate looks, has looked real good in preseason. So fresh, another, uh, fresh coat of paint situation for for the flame so might work yep. out hope it does yep. actually i don't care um yep. <laughs> <laughs> i don't care if it does uh top three here we go who's third? all right our beloved boys mm. I, I i can't i can't do it man i can't do it i just <laughs> perpetually stuck in third. i that's that's their sweet spot I know they're always close. I know it's always like four to six points here and there. It's a it's a random loss to Chicago at some point in the earlier season. Something stupid always happens, but <laughs> um it's it's I think they're a solid three line team. Actually, I think they're a solid four line three pairing team. The goaltending remains a question mark to me. I love what I've seen from Cam Talbot so far. If he can stay healthy. Totally fine with him and Copley 1A, 1B at the situation. But would I say I'm comfortable with that for an entire 82-game season? No, certainly not. And I think when you look at the kind of start that we had last year and how much that set us back, all it takes is one of these guys faltering a little bit and it could be enough for us to fall apart. That's that's just kind of where I'm at with it. And I just think the teams ahead of them are are just better. I just think they're better teams. I have Vegas in third. Okay. You don't believe in in the Aiden Hill? Absolutely not. Situation not? No. Yeah. No. There is no difference to me between Aiden Hill and Cam Talbot. Okay. None whatsoever. I mean, they're going to have to play games to show if there is a difference. I think Vegas, I don't know. I think the Kings are, to me, as good as Vegas is right now. Top to bottom. Mm Mm-hmm. I do. I think Vegas has a better defense. I'll, I'll give them that, of course. But I think forward-wise, the Kings match up with them up and down. And I think goaltending, they, they match up with them. So I'm essentially saying Vegas just is coming off a Stanley Cup and they are not going to care about the regular season as nearly as much as maybe they have before. Mm-hmm. And I just think Kings are going to face them in the first round and the Kings are going to have home ice. Okay. So that means I have the Kings in second. All right. Um, I have Vegas second. Um, I just think the Oilers are too good. I was so... I was going to put the Kings in first. Mm. Uh, That actually was something (laughs) I, I thought about. And you know, we've put them in third the last two seasons, and I think obviously we've been correct, but I just feel like the Oilers are right now in a start the playoffs kind of mindset, mm-hmm. which doesn't necessarily mean they're not going to be absolutely destroying everyone in the regular season. That doesn't mean that. But I think when you're in that mindset of let's just get to April, like we're itching to get to April, sometimes you relax during the regular season a little bit when you don't want to, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like you're just Mm -hmm. thinking like just February, like we're in first, you know what I mean? You you, you might go through a little 10 game slip there. 
is what I'm yeah. trying to say. But again, it, it's hard to to talk about those things. So I'm just going by strictly by who I think the better team is. I think yeah. the Oilers are still the class of the division. Yeah. I think they're going to win the division. Um, I think they're annoying as hell still. And I extremely <laughs> I just don't like they're them. annoying. Their fans will be annoying. We'll have a full season of annoyingness now that they've got like Ekholm and Bouchard clear top pairing. You know, it's I think that the composition of the team since the trade deadline last year is about the same as what we're getting for a full season this year. And that team was good. It was a great team. They, 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 they have all their bases covered. So I just think that, and across the course of a season, I think they just have guys who can win you those extra games here and there that I don't necessarily think that the Kings or even Vegas really have. Right, like. Well, if you're talking about those two, no one has them, right? Like. But that's what I mean. That's that's what makes a difference, right? Like, how many games are those two gonna gonna just? Oh, it's a two-two. It's a slugfest. Art, right, you know, screw this. I'm gonna go. Okay, cut. there. There's the win. You know what I mean? I think those are the games that the Kings kind of battle back and forth. Maybe they get a point in overtime. Maybe they get a shootout point, but maybe they lose it. Versus Edmonton ends up winning it outright and getting those extra points. And at the end of the season, you look at it, and you go. Oh, there's somehow six points ahead of us, and that was enough to win the division, that kind of thing. I will say, another thing that was making me consider putting the Kings first, I really think Evander Kane is about to fall off a cliff. I mm. really do. I think he's... Not just wishful thinking. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I would never wish that upon... No, not, like, not, not a literal cliff, but... Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, good. See, you went dark there for a second. I thought you were... Offseason has been too long. But yeah. I, I just think he doesn't look right. Mm-hmm. I know he was coming off an injury and all that, but he did not look good in the playoffs to me. Uh, I don't think he looked good against the Kings. I don't think he looked good against Vegas. Last season against the Kings, which is, I'm talking about, I guess, two seasons ago now, he was a true difference maker. I don't think he made a goddamn difference in this series. I really don't. He, I don't think he did. He scored that one goal on Corpus Allo. That hurt, but that was on Corpy, right? Yeah. I think I would be very concerned if I was the Oilers that this guy's about to to hit a wall. I really do. Uh, his age matches up with him hitting a wall. Yep. Um, and he I now also 30, 29, 30? Uh, he's 32. Yeah. Older than I thought, actually. <laughs> yeah, and also, I just don't think Stuart Skinner's good. Well, I think we, we know that for a fact. Right, but, like... Uh, and, yeah, and, the, and the Connor Brown signing, like you would think, you would friggin' think they just signed Kevin Fiala or something. You know what I mean? Like the way they're <laughs> the way they're talking about Connor Brown is like they just signed the guy that they've been, you know, waiting to sign for years because he played with Connor McDavid in Erie. <laughs> like whatever. All right. So I don't like him. Uh... But I still have him in first. Understood. Understood. Um, All right. I think, yeah, and I think I wouldn't, I'll just say this. I wouldn't be surprised if the Kings finish uh, first in this division. Would not be surprised. Okay. So, well, who would your, uh, your Western Conference, Conference? finals? Yeah. <sighs> I can't believe after I said all that. <laughs> yeah. 
I have the Oilers in the conference finals against the against the Avalanche. Yeah, I I had Dallas Edmonton. Honestly, yeah, I I I, I have no issue changing that to Edmonton Dallas. But dude, you know one thing: if you've listened to our show, guys, for any amount of time, we go out of our way not to be homers. Yes. Right, like we, because we we fancy ourselves honest and unbiased and all this stuff. A part of me really thinks this is the season the Kings beat the Oilers in the in the playoffs, which would, by my standings, be in the second round. But I'm playing it safe, and yeah. I'm 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 not tempting the hockey gods, and I'm saying Edmonton is going to the conference final. So here's the thing: if if the Kings end up finishing third and Vegas ends up being second, I think the Kings can definitely beat Vegas in the first round and end up in the second round. But then, then you're having to play Edmonton, and I just don't know if I don't know is fine. Yeah, I don't know is fine because the last two years we kind of did know, right? Like we kind of knew that the Kings didn't have enough to beat the Oilers right. yet, right? But you don't know this season. You just don't know this season. Yeah. <sighs> and it feels good. It feels good not to know. Yeah. But I feel like I know, and I feel like it's still going to be Dallas <laughs> and Edmonton. <laughs> God damn it, man. Sorry, bro. I, mean, I can't help here. it. I can't help it. Dallas is just such a good team. And seven well, games Dallas here, has nothing to do with... Well, no, they have nothing to do with Edmonton. Fine. But I just... Look, man, it's... Until until Connor McDavid gets a cup, it's that hair is always going to be up his ass, right? Like it's just it's there's always going to be that part of him, and the rest of the guys who have been on this team that they need to to break through and get to that point. And I think that motivation is enough sometimes. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm not yeah. changing my answer. Ed- I, I don't expect the, you to. I don't expect you to. goes to the conference finals. Yeah. That's what I had. I won't change it. Yeah. I had Colorado, but I'm changing it to Dallas. Yeah. I think you've done a very good job. Thank on you. This show. Thank you. Of uh, selling the Dallas stars on me. Um, in the East, I have Carolina versus Toronto. <laughs> um, Possibly for the third straight year. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> it's going to happen one of these years, isn't it? <laughs> Oh man, um, I have, uh, I have Toronto, New Jersey. Okay. Yeah, I think I think they just I don't know. I I hope I'm wrong. I really want Carolina to be there. I'm just I'm, I'm picking something different for, for, for unclear reasons. <laughs> I don't know. It's late, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I have Edmonton and Carolina as my Stanley Cup final, a repeat mm. of the 2006 Cup finals with the Carolina Hurricanes hoisting the Stanley Cup. So, an exact repeat, my friend. Mm-hmm. I got Carolina winning the Cup. Okay. Uh, I have Dallas, New Jersey with Dallas winning the Cup. Ooh, a repeat of the 2000 Stanley Cup final, but the reverse. Time is a flat-ish <laughs> circle. Look at us. Look at us. Uh, I wish I could confidently yeah. say that it would be New Jersey, LA. So 
I would mm. remain a flat circle, but in mm. our favor. That's know? right. That's right. A lot of good teams, Ben. A lot of good teams. A lot of shaky goaltending. <laughs> I mean, that's just going to be the... by the way. Yeah. Yeah. There's, like, who has good goalies? <laughs> two teams. It's, it's the same discussion we've had a couple of times now. There's, there's Vassie, like five elite there's guys. Like two teams left. I mean, Soros is a great goaltender, but he's on a... He's on a but he's on a non-playoff. You know, nothing, yeah. yeah, nothing team. So... Markstrom's not good anymore, in my opinion. Yeah. Heliobook is, is a Ottinger, solid goaltender. From the good teams, Ottinger is, is yeah. one to watch. So And Vassie once he's back, yeah. Yeah. Um, who knows? You know, Carolina might uh, – maybe this is the year Kochetkov kind of takes over. He's He's got the pedigree certainly to be that guy. So maybe Stewart Skint. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's not okay. I just don't I just don't see it. Nah, he's not good enough for it. that. Stewie. Whatever. Stewie. Stewie got lit the F up <laughs> by the Golden Knights, and he did not look good. Uh, and I loved it. All right. That was a marathon. Holy ad, brother. What episode is this? 106. 106. That's My right. God. So the I good got, news is. I got a couple on. I got a couple. Okay. You're down to 18 players on this one as opposed to the 21 oh, that we had to take care of. Yeah. Um, I think I get, I'm gonna have, the greatest number six is it has to be Jake Muzzin, right? To my eye, yes. Okay. Yes, I think that's a that's a pretty easy, easy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I got a Muzzin. Oli I mean, there's a, there's a lot of names here that even I know. It's just a matter of like, would you be able to remember them? I remember them. Yeah. Sean O'Donnell. Yep. So that's three. Um, yep. Dean Kennedy. Yeah, man, you went way, but you're jumping That's around. My wheelhouse, you know what? You should have yep. seen it coming. <laughs> uh boy. Is it is Yuri Carlotti number six? Uh no. No. It's number five then. No. No. Because we, we brought him up before. There it is. <laughs> number eight. There um, it is. The look in your eyes. I wish the I wish the fans could have seen that look. <laughs> You would think you discovered gravity. <laughs> That's right. That's, these are the things that excite me. Mm-hmm. Uh, advanced years. Um, all right. Well, there's one between Muzzin and Mata. Okay. For a brief shining moment. Was it shining? No. Did it shine? It was brief, though. Okay. It was brief. It was brief. <laughs> um, I don't know. Don't know. Uh, Joachim Ryan. Yeah, see? No. I wasn't yeah. going to get that. Yeah. Um, all right. Okay, I got to go back to my six is such a weird number. I, I remember a lot of number sixes. I mean, it's an overwhelmingly defensive number. Maxim Kuznetsov. Correct. Okay, good. <laughs> Got that one. Uh, there's a lot in the 2000s, man. Really? Yeah. I think our buddy Big Art might be yelling at you for at least one of these names. Oof. See, when I think 2000s, I'm thinking... Just think of all the bad defensemen we had in the 2000s. There's a lot. There are a lot. All right. I'll help you out here. 2008. Dark, dark years. Joe Corvo. There's one of them. (laughs) That's 2006, but yes. 
There's two in between Joe Corvo and Jake Muzzin. 2007 had one and 2008 had one. Oh, come on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Hold on to a number, people. <laughs> Hold on to a roster spot. Well, I, I think that's, I was going to say, it's not so much the number, it's the roster spot. Remember, this, these were the years of like obtain and move, obtain and move. Sure, sure, you know, sure. asset oh, collection. Brad Stewart. Brad there Stewart. it is. There obtain it and is. move did it for me. Brad yeah. Stewart. Wow. All right. Great. <laughs> these are the hints. I don't know the other one, man. Uh, Jamie Heward. Okay, I wasn't going to get 2007. That. So then Joe Corva, 2006, up. Maxim Kuznetsov, 0304. And then between O'Donnell and Kuznetsov. There's a player there? Mm hmm. Just one? Just the one. Don't know. Andreas Lilia. <sighs> that one's going to oh, hurt. Oh, that hurts. I, I should have known that I, one. <laughs> there's a lot of people upset with you right now. God damn it, this. Andreas. I'm sorry. Hopefully you didn't cause a car accident with your with your lack of I'm memory sorry. of Andreas Lilia. Never drive and listen to the show. You should know that. By Seriously, now. especially during this segment, guys. Pull over Just for your own you safety, must. pull over somewhere. Maybe maybe don't drink a hot coffee because you'll toss it at the radio, and burn yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm done. I'm, t- I'm tapped out. Buddy. All right, all right. No worries. You you done good, kid. You done real. Dean good. Kennedy okay. should get me. Dean some... Kennedy gets you all sorts of points. So okay. uh, prior to Sean O'Donnell, Doug Huda. In 1994. Ah, Doug Huda, sure. Uh, uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff uh, Chikrin, mm-hmm. 92-93. I thought you would have gotten that one. That's, uh, a, that's a very disappointing miss. Mm-hmm. Todd Ellick. Todd, oh my God, son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, that's, you know, that's my, like, that oh, era man. is my shit and I missed it. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, guys, I hope you weren't driving again. I hope you, you thought it was over with Andreas Lilia, didn't oh you? Oh, my God. Uh, that is so upsetting. That is so upsetting. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's okay. That's all right. Let's just, the, let's just get you through this. One of the without... centers, the, the carousel of centers because we traded Bernie Nichols. I, maybe I threw you off because I, I said this was a very, very uh, defensive number. I'll, I'll take the hit for that. No, one. no, I should. Please. Please, I should have known that. There's no excuse. <laughs> There's no I've used excuse him on, for not knowing you know how many Todd times Ellick. I've used him on Pukdoku? You know I'm how aware. many times I used Todd Ellick on uh, he's, a, he's a good piece. He's a solid Pukdoku piece for sure. Mind you, yes, you, by the way, I was, I was going to bring this up with you. You on Pukdoku, um, you mentioned to me that you like to add the extra wrinkle of only, only thinking of Kings players, even if they're not necessarily on the board. Yeah, if the Kings aren't on the board, I'm thinking, because my, look, my knowledge... The peak of my knowledge or the the very top layer of my knowledge is Kings, right? Like Kings history and stuff like yeah. that. So like the first thing I'm thinking about are Kings players, first right. and foremost, who played for these other teams. If the Kings are on the board, forget about it. Like it's, yeah, it's easy. You know, it's easy. You almost look on. at that column and you go, ah. <laughs> I do. I'll tell you, when the Kings are on the board, there's a little fist pump action going yeah. on for me. But you create that- basically 3D Puck Doku for yourself because you got the X, the Y, and then the ever-present King's Z axis. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, all right. So back to this. So Todd Alec, 1991. Ken Hammond, 1985. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dean Kennedy, you had from 83 to 89. I just want to say, Ken Hammond has come up like three times. I, I, it's, <laughs> this it's pretty impressive. Is going numerically. He's a team player. Whoever comes in and goes, do, do you want Ken's number? He'll give it up to you. No problem. Just buy him a six pack. It looks like he's going chronologically. He's going three, four, five, six. 
Robert Palmer, 1978 oh. to 1982. Okay. S- simply irresistible. For those of you, thank you. Appreciate it. Um, I don't even know how to pronounce this. You can you can tell me. Um, Sheldon Kanegeiser. Why would a, you think I would be able to I, tell you? I have no idea. He played from 74 to 77. Sounds, I apologize. Sounds like a bad nickname. The Kanegeiser. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hopefully they just called him Geyser and they went with it. <laughs> if that was a real nickname, that's the worst goddamn nickname I've ever heard. Oh, my God. <laughs> They just said his. They just said his full last name, but with like umph. <laughs> right, that's his nickname. His nickname is his last name. But you gotta say it with like some some grizzle in your like, voice. What's it, what, sorry, what's his first name? Sheldon. Here's Sheldon Kanagaiser. That Kanagaiser. <laughs> gotta say it twice. Oh my god! All right, uh, man, it is getting late. All right. Uh, Paul Curtis, 71 to 73. That's an easier one. <laughs> um, and Dale Rolf, 68 to 70. Mm, all right. There it is. Those are the sixes. Oof, Prepare yourself. There's 22 man. sevens. <laughs> There's 22 sevens? There's 22 sevens. Yeah. I, I know like three of them right now. That's great. Maybe save Hold, on to, um, Hold on to Yeah. So exciting. Next time we're going to be recording. Yes. We're actually going to be covering games. so Actual, honest to yeah. God, points matter games. Points matter games. Uh, we'll probably be covering the first week of the season at that point. Um, Hopefully I haven't angry, lost anyone else to waivers by then. We'll yeah. see. If we're angry, things have not gone well. If we're slightly optimistic, Kings are like 7-0. and oh, So <laughs> that's, that's our uh, range. Actually, uh, let me check and see. So we're playing the Knights in the home opener, or um, the, uh, uh, not the, the season opener. Is it, no, I the season it opener. Is the first game against Colorado? I thought not it was. The... Yeah, it's on TNT. Okay, I apologize. Yeah, yeah it's you're Colorado. Right. You're, yeah, Colorado on the 11th. Um, and then, let's see Carolina here. Carolina on the 14th. A couple days, yeah, Carolina on the 14th. That's a tough start, man. That's not that's good, a, right? That's, that's not, not a great. <laughs> it's not a great way to start right. this. <laughs> Come on, and then promptly on the seventeenth, we get to see Gabe Velarde, Alex Ayafalo, yeah. Rasmus Kupari in Winnipeg. In Winnipeg, you know what I'll be doing at on on that morning, putting money on Gabe Velarde to score a goal. You <laughs> can take that to the bank, baby. I'm putting. Anytime goal score on that's, Gabe that day. That's a that's a solid man. This is a rough four or five games to right? start the year. This is not cool. No, this this might be a this might be a lamentations kind of episode to, to start because you're going Jeez. Avalanche, Hurricanes, Jets, Wild, Bruins, and then finally you get the Coyotes on the twenty fourth. So, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But we'll see. Uh, we might record. After the somewhere Bruins between there, game, maybe yeah, somewhere we'll between. Figure there. it out. We'll figure it yeah. out. It'll make it'll be good. Yeah, thanks everyone. Thanks for uh, sticking with us. Sorry again, it took so long, but hopefully uh, this was a good episode. And this was I, I enjoyed it. I always love our season preview episodes, and I think it's a lot of fun. So, um, like, subscribe, keep the comments coming. Always appreciate the Twitter interaction. Um, we will continue to do our best to 
you know, I, I think we want to try a bit better this year in terms of like the the live tweeting games to be less analytical of everything. You know, like if you look, you're watching the games with us, you know, when they scored, you don't need me telling you Adrian Kempe gold. You know, that's not going right, right, right. to. Yeah, that's never so really been our thing. It really hasn't. But I, I what I'm you trying get to say is that, it sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you do. And and I'm, I think I just want to I want us to be a bit better in terms of the stuff that we're putting out on Twitter. I guess not just not just shouting stuff for the sake of shouting stuff. Um, no disrespect to anyone who wants to do that. Please feel free. But I just it it's no, hard. I think a lot of it is also because other people do it exactly, and do, and they do a much better job than yeah. I do, quite frankly. Right? Because <laughs> a lot of times I'm like trying to watch kids and do this, that, and the other, and I'm and I'm watching on a feed. I'm thirty seconds late. Do you really need me to be the fifth person to tell you that Adrian Kempe scored? Probably not. No. So. Right. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Thank you, everyone. We appreciate everything. We appreciate all the interaction. Like, subscribe, leave reviews. Um, we'll see you when we see you. Go Kings, go. You've been listening to The Bannerman, an LA Kings podcast.